It's the Skinny Podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner. Welcome into the Skinny Podcast. It's the weekly potpourri edition. I'm Richard Skinner, Local12.com, digital sports commentator editor with Rick Broering. Each week, we look at sports topics locally, nationally, make some gambling picks, and much, much more. Rick, take it away. Skinny Cincinnati trounced Tulsa 75-44 Wednesday night at Fifth Third Arena to move to 2-2 two two in AAC play, while Xavier fell to 1-2 in Big East play with an 83-71 loss to Seton Hall at the Cintas Center. Kentucky won its third straight game 78-69 over Georgia on Tuesday, bringing its SEC record to 2-0, and NKU split with Detroit and Oakland over the weekend to remain even at 2-2 in the Horizon League. Which local team has made you change your opinion the most based on the start of conference play? I guess Kentucky, that's the easy answer, right? Because they're the ones that are 2-0 and and everybody else has two losses. But I think it's the way Kentucky has done it. It's the fact that Nick Richards has kind of emerged as a as a as somewhat of an offensive threat. And and it started a little bit in the Louisville game. And, and maybe not as much an offensive threat in the Louisville game, just his performance in the Louisville game. And then he's played two really good games in the conference to start things off. And they're getting a little more consistent guard play on top of it. They probably still need another wing to do something offensively, and I don't know if that's ever going to happen. But if you can keep getting that out of Nick Richards, and that's a big if, but he's doing it. And I think in that league, I just don't see a lot of challenges on the horizon. Unlike for UC right now, I don't know, can I trust UC to go anywhere on the road in that league and win? I mean, anywhere. No, I don't think so. I don't. I think UC we probably know the least about Agreed. to this point. Agreed. I mean, the, I, based on their results right now, you could think they're pretty good and things have gone really south a couple of times on them or they can't finish games or they can't seem to get out of ruts. Or they you, can't win on the road. You can think they stink. I don't think that. You could think they're totally inconsistent and don't know what to expect from game to game. I mean, like... This team is so back and forth with the results. No, I mean, this team, they, they could go 9-0 and at home and 0-9 on the road in the league. They really could. I mean, you could have almost any opinion about this UC team right now, and I think it'd be respectful. Because they've not strung anything together, and some of that is you don't play 10 straight home games, right? I mean, you play a few home, you go on the road, you play some neutral. I believe they're 0-3 on the road this year, 2-2 two and two neutral, um, and they have just the one loss at home. That was the Colgate loss, and that's even a little fluky the way the, the game kind of ended. They probably would have had a chance to win that one if, if Jaron Cumberland didn't have his head up his ass. Um, so, yeah, I, I think at home, I think they're going to be hard to beat in that league by anybody coming into, into fifth, third, and beating them. But on the road, like we saw at Tulane, they go lapses of stops or lapses of makes. They got a chance to lose to anybody on the road. Xavier, I know you can, you can maybe make a similar argument, but I'm also going to tell you that I, Seton Hall – Right now, it's just they, they got Miles Powell back. They've got all that length. I mean, what they block eight, nine shots against Xavier. Yeah. I mean, they're just they're they're hard at the rim, and and yeah, it's funny. You see Miles Powell make those shots. You're like, well, he's not going to do that all the time. Yeah, he does because it's what he does. He makes difficult, hard shots, and I think in a league you got to have a guy to do that. So I I'm not as dismayed by that loss. I think it's disappointing Xavier lost at home. Um, it's disappointing they gave up 83. It's disappointing that that again you you need to win your home games in that league, but. I still think this is a. I think that league is just so difficult that if you ground out ten and eight, you did really well. If you were expecting something more out of the Xavier team than what we had talked about preseason or what realistic expectations, well, can, can it slip out of NCAA tournament uh, possibility? I mean, can, can, can it? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and that would good, but that like, would be disappointing. But that's we're not there yet, no, and no, I don't no, think no, that's no, going I, no. to happen. That's what I'm saying. But, I don't want to go over my skis with the loss to, to Seton Hall. They yeah. arguably. When we saw that they were getting back healthy, you thought, okay, and this was a team that was picked to win this league after all. Right. And, you know, getting Miles Powell back, Miles Powell isn't just, Miles Powell is 
an All-American. He yeah, I mean, he's as good of a scorer as there is in the country. In the country, yes. Yeah, I, I mean, if you told me he's the best player in the country, I don't I, know that I'd doubt you. I'm because not sure I'd argue. I haven't seen anyone that's tougher to guard um, so far this year. I think with with Xavier, they're nowhere close to being talked you know, talking about them missing the tournament right. at this point, especially in this Big East. I think the one thing people are definitely going to do this year with the Big East is worry too much about game-to-game results. When I, it's like, I think that's true. You could literally lose to any team in the conference at home, and it wouldn't be a bad loss this year. Right now, losing to Providence or DePaul at home is not a bad loss for you. Now, you'd like to hold serve against the lower half of the conference at home. But I don't think Hall's the lower half. No, they're they're the top half. So yeah. those are 50-50 balls um, almost regardless when you're playing Seton Hall, Villanova, probably throw Marquette in that same group. Um, so I wouldn't worry if I'm a Xavier fan. At the same time, it, you continue to see the same things that have plagued this team really Somewhat last season, but mostly this season. They've been a different team this season, but the same issues have come up time and time again. And that's what cost them against Seton Hall. And yeah, until they figure those things out, they're not going to beat the better teams that they play. Um, And I think it's also reasonable to say they're not going to be able to make a run in the postseason without overcoming those things for multiple games. But that kind of goes for every team that's going to be in the 6-10 to seed line. Like, they're going to have the deficiencies, and they're going to have to get hot and play really, really well at the right time of the year if they're going to make a run. And so I think that goes for Xavier right now. But I just think fans are kind of having trouble reconciling what they know this team is with what they're seeing on the court, which right, is like right. the results are matching, but they want the team to play better. Yeah, no, you know? I, I, and I, I get that. I, I do understand too. Yeah, I, I agree with you. So which, which of the teams – and NKU, NKU for them, I think – the loss to Detroit is disappointing because they are clearly one of the dregs of the league. But first game for Jalen Tate back. Um, again, I'm not trying to make an excuse for it. You can't lose to Detroit in Detroit. You just no, can't. You can't. You yeah. can't. But to bounce back and get the Oakland win, I think, shows that this team doesn't worry me. I think this team is still one of the top two teams in the league. I think Wright State, to its credit, has separated itself as the best team. And they're the healthiest, too. That, that helps. Um, so, yeah, my opinion of NKU hasn't changed. I still think by the end of the year when they're healthy, if they're healthy, and I think they should be by then, they are still going to be one of the two teams you're going to earmark to win that league, uh, the, the Horizon League tournament. Yeah, I say we know the least about UC because we don't know exactly where they fit in, in their conference. Mm-hmm. I feel like we know where NKU fits in in their conference, assuming things work out. Right. Now, granted, health perspective. you know, they have to they have to get everyone back and start playing well again. But when you saw what they did at Oakland, and that's still without Dantez Walton, the bounce back win on Sunday, it's like, okay, these guys are still better than most of the other teams right. in the conference, assuming they get on track. So I think we know the the least about UC. We probably know the second least about NKU right now just because they haven't had their full group yet. Yeah, I mean, and, it's and, been, and Detroit, the, the game after the, the NKU game, almost beat Wright State at home. Yeah, they did. I mean, they, were, they had them down by two with 30 seconds right. to go and then let that one slip away, which, you know, tough one right there. Because if they would have popped the two best teams in the conference, theoretically, all of a sudden um, – at home, you know, they start feeling a lot differently about themselves. I think NKU is going – it's almost been like four different seasons. I said this on the radio yesterday with Mo, where it's like you have everyone to start the year, then three games in you lose Jalen Tate. Then you kind of get everyone going, and Dantes is your guy, and everyone's got a roll, and then Dantes go down, and now you, 
Tyler Sharp is pretty much the only go-to scorer you have, and he scores 30 for three straight games. Well, then Jalen Tate comes back, and he's pressing a little bit, and roles are changing again, and things aren't working. So you're kind of on that fourth different group right. and, and refiguring out the roles. And when you get Dantes back, that'll almost be like a fifth new group that you have to sort of sort things out with. So there's been a lot of transition period there. Um, but I think, again, yeah, it, it has to be UK in terms of who we've learned the most about. I think it's without question the Wildcats. And I think Nick Richards is the reason why, right? Probably. And, and just, I mean, he's the reason they're playing so much better, I think, offensively. But overall, this team is taking care of some of the things that they weren't taking care of two weeks ago when everyone was worried about them. Um, they're, they're, it's Cal. It's typical Cal-type basketball, right? Like, the defense all of a sudden does look a little more locked in, and they get that one extra guy I mean, that, and Nick really, Richards yeah, to... That, that's three straight really solid defensive performances. Louisville... Yeah. Uh, Missouri, which Missouri's not very good offensively, but UK did what you should do. They shut them down. And and other than the first half for Edwards, the second half, they, they locked them down. Well, and we they've their metrics have been really high all year. Like they've been towards the top of the country in defensive efficiency, but we've seen those lapses in important moments where they haven't gotten the stops they needed to close out games like or the make Utah the run. Game. Exactly. Recently, all of a sudden, they've been getting those stops and and um, tying them together to make those runs. So, yeah, I'm I'm impressed with what I've seen from UK over the last week and a half. All right, Skinny. On the same day, the Reds introduced new Japanese outfielder Shogo Akiyama. ESPN posted a piece titled "The Player Most Likely to Be Traded in 2020 for All 30 MLB Teams." The piece cited center fielder Nick Senzel as the most likely to be traded from the Reds. It reads. Quote, the outfielders who matter most are Jesse Winker, Aristides Aquino, Shogo Akiyama, and Senzel. If the Reds sign free agent outfielder Marcel Azuna, perhaps Senzel becomes the centerpiece of a Lindor trade with Cleveland. My question for you is, do you think the Reds should be looking to trade Nick Senzel after the Akiyama acquisition? I don't know if I'd be looking to trade him, but I would certainly listen for trade offers for him. And if he has to be the guy that you move to get Lindor, because I think Lindor puts you over the top, I think I got to do it. I mean, I, I don't think he's untouchable. I, I mean, he hasn't gotten through a full year healthy. I think he's, look, I thought he did some good things at the plate last year. He showed some pop. He showed some gap power. He showed some plate discipline. Not as much as I thought he was going to, but I think he did some of the things you expected. But I think the hype for Nick Senzel is gonna be, has been, for whatever reason, right or wrong, is we're going to see a 300 hitter with a 400 on-base percentage and a 500 slugging percentage who's going to be in the MVP conversation. I don't think we're ever going to see that. I think you're going to see a solid, long-time major leaguer who probably can make an all-star game or two along the way um, and has versatility. And that's where I, I'm not – I know everybody always gets worked up about this whole outfield thing. I, can, can you guarantee me Aquino's going to do what he did in August? No, I, I don't. Because I, I don't know what he did in September that made me go, wow. People wringing their hands worried about how the Reds are going to sort out their everyday outfielders is like the craziest. The last thing that I am concerned about Agreed. in Cincinnati sports. Agreed. At any point in my life. Because it always works itself out. Of course it will. We don't even, we can't even name who the three best outfielders are. And listen, if, if you have Nick Senzel who can play a bunch of different positions, I, I think what the Cubs have done has been brilliant with a lot of their guys. Ben Zobers can play anywhere. Chris Bryant can play first, third, left field. And, and I think he gives you a lot of flexibility on a given day that, let's just say Joey Votto takes a little step backwards again after his worst year as a, as a professional. And you start to go, you know what? Against certain lefties, I just can't play the guy. And so maybe that's a day Nick Senzel actually plays first base. I mean, there's a lot of versatility. You can Maybe Moustakas shows he can't hit a left-hander with a boat oar. Well, okay, on certain days, I got to put Nick Senzel at second base. Um, plus, on certain days, then I can put him back out in the outfield. And it just gives you a lot of versatility. That said, 
again, I'm not looking to openly shop Nick Senzel just to get rid of him. But if you're going to say, I can give you a piece that might put you over the top and you have to give me Nick Senzel, I think I'd do that. I think yes. Yeah, a couple things can be true. It can be true that you like Nick Senzel and think he has a future with this team, which I think we all agree with that. I think most Reds fans do. At the same time, it can also be true that the hype on Nick Senzel seems to have been a little over the top in terms of what the reality of him as a baseball player is going to be. Like, maybe he morphs into this all-league, all-star type guy, but from what we've seen so far, it kind of looks like well, he's going to be a good major leaguer. He's going to be an everyday starter, but... Who hit sixth probably, or seventh in your lineup. Right, probably not the best Which player on anyone's team, um, unless something drastically changes. And that's okay. That is okay. But the Reds can also recognize that and change the philosophy on Nick Senzel. Like, for whatever reason, there seems to still be a lot of interest in Nick Senzel. I guess because, one, he's under control, well, sure. and two, there's still upside right, there. I absolutely. mean, he, he had a lot of hype coming up through the ranks. He's already proven that he can be a major league player. And to player his credit, and, he, was a, he was a second baseman, third baseman who got thrust into playing center field and performed pretty admirably there. Right. So, I, I think... I'm okay with the Reds saying, hey, like a year or two ago, he was untouchable and we didn't want to trade him because we thought we may have something really special that was under control for a while. And now that we've seen him, we think he's good, but he's maybe not as special as we thought, so maybe now he is available as a a trade chip. Well, you also didn't have Mike Moustakas on your roster. You did have Scooter Jeanette, but you were looking to move on from him. Right. You you, you weren't sure where you were going with A. Eugenio Suarez a couple years ago. Well, then you locked him up for seven years or eight years, whatever it is, at a very controllable cost, and now he's your everyday third baseman. You didn't have Shogo Akayama. Now you do. And so uh, all these pieces now are pieces where Senzel would fit. Again, when we're looking at this whole this whole outfield where they say the outfielders are matter most, I hope he didn't do those in order. Jesse Winker, Aquino, Akiyama, yeah. Senzel. I hope yeah, that, that wasn't done in that, specific order. That couldn't have been ranked one through four. But but I can live with a Winker Irvin platoon. I can. I can live with that. I can live with Akiyama and, and Senzel in, in, in center. And if Aquino slumps in, in April and shows that he's really just a one month wonder and there's been plenty of those, then one of those guys moves to the corner spot. Problem solved. I I don't think it's a big issue, but I go back to if a team is going to give you a piece that you feel puts you over the top, and I think the Reds have made enough moves this offseason that they are about a piece away from feeling like you're good enough to be a playoff team, then you have to pull the trigger. You absolutely have to. If it's Lindor for Senzel or whatever mix and match that becomes, I think I'd do it. Yeah, and let's face it. I mean, you're only talking about including Senzel in a trade that's a pretty big deal. I mean, you're not doing this to get another borderline piece. You're doing it to get a dude. And if this team can get... A dude, like you said, a guy that puts them over the top, then yeah, I think it's pretty much a no-brainer. Um, it, it's it's never that cut and dry, obviously, but I think Senzel should absolutely be available yes. um, for, yes. for talking about. Agreed. Okay, Tua Tagovailoa will leave Alabama and enter the NFL draft. The quarterback announced his decision during a press conference Monday in Tuscaloosa. Tua was seen as a top three pick in the upcoming draft before dislocating his hip and breaking the back wall of his hip socket in Alabama's ninth game of the season. According to NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport, he is still expected to be taken in the first round, though there are differing opinions on where he'll fall. I've got a few questions here for you about this, starting with, did Tua make the right decision to enter the NFL draft? That is a good one. I, I, I'm not so sure him going back would have helped or hindered. I guess the only thing is is the whole medical and I don't think him going back, I mean, either he's healthy or he's not, right? Him going back isn't going to prove he's healthy. I mean, him coming back healthy is going to prove he's healthy. And I think him being healthy, if he proves that, is is enough. I don't think he needed to go back to, 
to Alabama. Do, do you? I, I I just don't. No, I, I thought it was, was to prove. I've always been on the side of he'd be crazy to go back yeah. to college because we talk about this all the time. It's one of my favorite and things. You, and you to risk talk about another sports. injury, perhaps, and then you don't get paid. Now you got a shot to get paid still. Well, and GMs in sports love the unknown. Yes. They love it. If there was a guy they liked, they haven't seen him for a few months. They're not going to get to nitpick him because he's not going to have a pro day. He's not going to be able to work out for any of them. Yes, he's going. To, his stock is going to drop from what it was. He's not going to be a top three pick, probably, or at least not the top overall pick. Right. But he's going to go in the first round. That's obvious. And he's, it sounds and like he's, he's almost definitely high. going in the top half. And now it seems like almost everyone is like, they've got him as the second quarterback behind Joe Burrow. People are talking about as a top five pick still. And I don't know that that's necessarily crazy. Nah, so, I don't think it's crazy at all. Um, I think he absolutely made the right decision. If he goes back and anything happens to him physically, I mean, just a hangnail yeah. that keeps him out of game. The whole narrative about him is that he's he's injury prone and he yes. just can't stay on the field. And, and there is some evidence of that. He's had both ankles, a knee, a quad, broken a finger, now the, the hip socket. It's there's a lot, a lot of a evidence. Lot. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so but he's he's, come, he's come back from every single one of those and and not not flinched. Yeah, but I don't think he could do anything that could raise his stock higher than being a top five pick potentially, which is what he might be looking at right now. And that's now. the thing. Um, you know, you could argue that Burrow went past him versus him going behind Burrow, right? I mean, if that's uh, the way uh, you want to look at I it. I think that would have happened with the way Burrow played yes. off the season, regardless of Tua getting hurt or not. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. Yeah, I think the hype, be, the hype train behind Burrow was coming regardless. Yeah. Uh, the second question here is, should Tua's decision make the Bengals think more about the decision to draft Burrow? You wrote a column on this. I thought it was at least an interesting look at a potential strategy for yeah, the Bengals. Yeah, and, the, and the, the point was, and I, I surmised some of this, right? Uh, the Dolphins have the fifth pick. They're looking for a quarterback. The teams ahead of them in order are um, Washington 2. Probably not going to draft the quarterback, right? Because they got Dwayne, Dwayne Haskins, Haskins and, Dwayne, yeah. and Dan Snyder drafted Dwayne Haskins. So there's that. Detroit is three. They have Matthew Stafford. Um, and, yeah, they could certainly look to move on from Matthew Stafford. But it's Matt Patricia in a fighting for his life year. Do you think he's going to lobby to take a rookie quarterback? Or well, do you think if they move from Matthew Stafford, he goes, get me Brady, get me Phillip Rivers, get me somebody, yeah. get me Andy Dalton. And they paid Stafford a ton of money, yes, too. So, yes, yeah. All right, so then, then we get to number four, and that's the Giants. And they feel like they've got Danny their guy, Dan Jones. Yeah. yeah. So that gets us to Miami at five. And let's just say Miami, for whatever reason, despite all the Burrow hype, loves, or, or with the Burrow hype, loves him so much that they are willing to give the Bengals their fifth pick and another first round pick and maybe an early round pick this year and an early round pick next year. You're giving up maybe, I, I'm just surmising, you're, give, you're giving enough to make you go, okay. And the medicals come back on Tua. He doesn't throw before the draft, but the medicals come back that he's going to be just fine. I think I make the deal. And I'm telling you, I, when I did some research, I, if I were to ask you who had a better, and, and people are going to laugh at this because everybody hates what quarterback rating is, and the college rating is different than the pro rating. But I were to ask you, who has a better college rating as a quarterback this year, just the, the way they do the formula, Joe Burrow or Tua Tagovailoa? Yeah, people would never believe that it's Tua. It's Tua. Yeah. Um, and based on the NFL formula, they're almost dead on, which is, and their numbers are both ridiculous if you went by the NFL. The funny part is, though, Tua has done this consistently. He, his numbers, yeah. his career are off the charts. Joe Burrow, before this year's numbers were, eh, okay. And, and I even wrote, he was kind of an average Joe. He wasn't awful. If you did his, if you did both their numbers by the NFL rating, the NFL rating, a perfect one is 158.3. They were both in the 140s this year for a season, which is just incredible. Tua, for his career at Alabama, if you did it by the NFL formula, is 138. 
117 led the league this year. And again, they're not throwing against NFL competition, but I'm just trying to equate it. So his was 138. Burrow's coming into this year was 92. So two has done it over a longer period of time. I, I, I get the Burrow hype, but I'm just, I'm here to, th- I don't think two is that far behind him. And I'm not so sure if he didn't get hurt that when we got to the ratings part of this and we watched them both throw and we watched them both do a lot of things that NFL scouts don't move two up the charts. And so if you're going to ask me that the Bengals are going to get extra picks and still get a quarterback and get a guy that's rated, at the very least, I can put one in one hand and one in the other and go, I feel pretty good about both. As long as, again, the medicals have to come back on Tua positively. It can't be, boy, he takes one more hit on that hip and God knows I don't think he's going to last. Then okay, I'll give you that. But uh, I'm not here to tell you I wouldn't think about it. And I don't think that makes Joe Burrow a slam dunk at number one any longer for the Bengals. Maybe it's somebody else and you get a haul from them and do what you have to do to improve your overall team. In terms of the Joe Burrow thing, look, I've come around on him. I'm yeah, fully, I, I am too. But, I'm fully on board with the Bengals taking him, and I get why I, they so let, should. So let me pose you the question then: If but, Miami were to offer you a pretty good haul for that number one pick, and you knew in your heart, now look, another team could in theory jump over that fifth spot to get to ahead of you. But if I were to tell you that all things worked out perfectly, and you did some due diligence, and you knew at number five you were getting to it and getting draft picks, would you do it? Oh, you know you don't have to sell me on this concept at all. I'm all on board with what you're saying here, and I've been, I've been on board for a while. That one, I didn't love either of these two quarterbacks in this draft as much as I liked the two guys in next year's draft with um, Fields and, I don't and like Lawrence. Fields as much as I, I loved, I, I think Lawrence is gonna be great. I think both of those guys are are better talent, so I would be fine with either of those guys. The way this year's gone for Joe Burrow, look, I get not passing up on that guy. He's been incredible. I would probably take him too if I were the Bengals. So I'm not, I'm not saying they shouldn't be taking. And Joe I Burrow. said the same thing. How, but, but if, but. Yes, if you get to the point where you're in the draft and someone's saying, hey, I'm going to give you, I don't even think you have to have Tua there. I think you could have done this if someone made you that Saints Ricky Williams offer where they're saying, we want, we need Joe Burrow so bad, we're going to forfeit most of this draft and maybe even a first rounder next year or something crazy like that to let you have Joe Burrow and we're going to let you rebuild a lot of your roster right now in this draft. And still have a high pick? Yeah, I think I'm going to do that if I'm the Bengals. I think absolutely I would make that decision. So I could easily be talked off the Joe Burrow line, even though I've come around on Joe Burrow. If Tua Tagovailoa is in the equation and you can get extra picks and Tua, you still get your quarterback, well, then I think it becomes a no-brainer type deal. I think it becomes very easy. Now, that being said, I don't think this option is probably going to be available to the Bengals, but but I also don't think it's entirely ridiculous to bring it up. Yeah, I I, I go back to, I think the the one thing is the fear would be somebody somebody trading ahead of that fifth spot to take him away from you, but I don't feel feel like two, three, and four are looking at Tua Tagovailoa. No, I, I don't think so. I don't think any of those teams are going to be looking at a quarterback. I think you're right about that. I think I roll the dice. New England's Patriots quarterback Tom Brady appears to be coming back for another season. In an Instagram post Wednesday morning, Brady wrote, In both life and football, failure is inevitable. You don't always win. You can, however, learn from that failure, pick yourself up with great enthusiasm, and place yourself in the arena again. Amen! And that's right where you will find me because I know I still have more to prove. Deep thoughts from Tom Brady. Skinny, do you think Brady can still lead a team to the Super Bowl? No. Nope. I don't. I don't. And that's the thing. I don't think he comes back to New England, right? Well, that was my second question okay, for yeah, you. Is, do you think he'll stay with the Patriots? I don't. I, I don't. I, I just, I don't. Um, In that case, yeah. what would be the most fun team to see him end up on? You know what would be interesting? And they're not good enough 
But Bruce Arians is is so good at handling quarterbacks. I mean, he got the most out of Jameis despite the thirty picks. I think he'd be an interesting interesting cat there. I think for Brady though, right? You're looking to win instantaneously. You're looking to go to a ready made roster. I and and let's look through the league. I'm I'm trying to do this off the top of my head. Let's I got go, it. You, you, I know the answer for for entertainment for us for legit for a legitimate place he could end up for. The owner situation for the fan situation. This is a slam dunk in every way. Pittsburgh? No. Dallas. It's a good call. Here's here's why. First of all, they you can, need... They, they can move on from Dak. You need a bunch of crazy old white fans that are going to love him the way Boston people do. Yes. Check. Yeah. Check. You need a crazy owner that can rival the owner that he's just leaving with. Yeah, but Bob Kraft really isn't a crazy owner either. He's not a key. Jerry Jones is a legit crazy owner. But you owner. need an owner who's a big figurehead, who's a character. Like, there's been this whole Kraft relationship with Brady. There, he, there has to be an owner relationship that we would care about for, for the fans' sake. I mean, it doesn't really matter for Brady, but for the fans' sake, we need an owner relationship thing. And Jerry Jones is an owner that we actually know, and it would matter, And right? he's playing for a coach who's, who's won a, ch- a Super right. Bowl. Well, you've got a new coach coming in, yep. and he would like a quarterback. But it'd also be unbelievable to see him walk into a situation where there is already a... I don't know if you want to say star level, but a very clear-cut NFL starting level quarterback in place. It would be great well, to see Well, but they him. haven't signed him yet either, though. In Dak. Well, yeah. And well, that's I mean, the thing. In, in theory, let's let's assume that they have him coming back. Well, then they're not signing Tom Brady. But if Well, I'm saying... I think this is perfect if they decide to move on from Dak, though. I mean, in all seriousness, I, I, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. Well, see, that ruins goes. it for me. I like the <laughs> idea of him being there with a starting quarterback yeah, to take their that's... job. Well, well, where you have to have the quarterback controversy in training camp of, do you go with a 43-year-old Tom Brady, or do you go with your bona fide NFL starter who's not a star? If, if you were signing Tom Brady, he is starting for you. Period. End of story. He ain't he, mentoring somebody. He ain't sitting behind somebody. And the thing is, though, Dallas, if you think about it, I mean, from a talent perspective, they are certainly a playoff-caliber talent team, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He he could legitimately go there, and it would make sense. Now, I don't think he's leaving the Patriots. Because I'm trying to think of, of where else does he go? Right, let's just go with the playoff teams this year, teams that were on the cusp of the playoffs. Buffalo has their quarterback. Pittsburgh, if Ben comes back healthy, and that's still an if, but that's a, I guess that's a possibility. Pittsburgh's probably a decent possibility, Yeah, honestly. especially depending on what Ben's arm is like. Yeah. Um, Indy, maybe. Um, that would be interesting to see him go to the Peyton Manning legacy portion of the program. And, I don't and, see that happening. Well, yeah, but it'd be pretty interesting if he could somehow lead Indy to something special and, and one-up Peyton there a little bit. Um, yeah, there's just not a lot of options, right? I mean, the other people, the other thing people are saying is, where is Josh McDaniel going to end up, and will he, would he take him with him? Like, for instance, Browns, well, Josh, yeah, but but he's going to build around Baker Mayfield, right or wrong. I mean, they they just are. I would think so too. I mean, but that would be another interesting situation if all of a sudden you uh, sidetrack the Baker Mayfield career for a couple of years for one or two more years now, with Tom Brady, Carolina, new coach, decent talent. I just can't. See I think they're ready to move on with Cam. Yeah, it, it, it is interesting. I just, I think, I think there's a lot of things that have to be in place. I think he has to know that he's going someplace to win. You're not going as a 43 year old guy just to just to play it out. No, and he's he's not going to leave the Patriots. I don't think. I don't know, man. It just feels like that was. This felt like the end of the road. It just felt like the complete end of the road for everybody. I'm not saying you're wrong, and certainly since you uh, beat me in our pick this, we'll week, get to that but, here, yeah. Shulman Junior. Um, I'm I'm not going to say you're wrong about it being the end of the road for this this Patriots group, but. 
I just don't know that there's a better situation for him anywhere else where I think the Patriots can get him back, get back on track and win with him easier than any NFL team can. Well, and I would say this too, the Patriots need what? If they lose Tom Brady, what do they need? A quarterback. Right. Now, now you could argue that the Andy Daltons and the Ryan Tannehills and, and guys like that, Jameis's, are going to be on the market, but I think I'd take 43-year-old Tom Brady over any of those guys. No question asked. Yeah, yeah. And, so, and Bill Belichick most certainly would. If Bill Belichick's back. We'll see if that happens, too. What, are you trying to break news here? I don't know. We'll see if that happens, that's all. Do you think he will not be back? I don't know. I think one of the two of them will not be back. Really? I'm not buying, I'm not buying into that near as much as... I, I know that's the big thing going around, but... No, don't, don't do your sly face I'm like you know saying, something no, that you're I don't, not going to tell I, us. It just feels like, it, it feels like it's over. It just feels over. I don't disagree with you, but I just can't see either of them quitting right now, and I think they both know they're better off together than not. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Dallas Cowboys, speaking of which, hired former Packers coach Mike McCarthy to be their next head coach a day after firing Jason Garrett. McCarthy's deal with the Cowboys is for five years. He spent last season out of football after 13 seasons served as the head coach of the Packers. During his tenure, the Packers made nine playoff appearances in his 13 years there, including an appearance and victory in Super Bowl 45 as McCarthy posted a 125-7-2 record. Stop doing Roman Never do Roman numerals yeah. when you can help it. Yeah, I didn't even look at that before. I yeah, it was that. probably the That's smartest time. move. Do you think the Cowboys made the right hire? Sure they did. It's funny. Everybody's losing their mind. If they, didn't, they didn't interview a bunch of candidates. They interviewed Marvin Lewis. Yeah, I feel bad for Marvin in one regard. He has been trotted out in the Rooney. He's been he's the Rooney Rule guy this year. Yeah, everybody's trying to get for the Rooney Rule guy, and um, he thinks he's getting legit opportunities. I don't think he. Does. I think the one thing he is trying to do is keep his name out there. I do think that, and that's probably wise. And also, you know, maybe one of those spots he gets a DC offer because I think that's that's a real possibility. But he's been the Rooney Rule guy. I, yeah, I heard people losing their mind over they. they this is they, they. They didn't have a long list of candidates. They didn't. You got you got a guy who won a Super Bowl, dude. Guy went to nine playoffs, and yeah, he had Aaron Rodgers. That's all. You got to have a great quarterback. You got to have great players, but you got to get something out of them. This is a great hire. What what is wrong with this hire? Somebody help me with that. Yeah, I mean, I I get the way things ended in Green Bay. Left you know people saying a lot of things about Mike McCarthy. Well, some of that and was Aaron Rodgers too. Well, I think. Yeah, I mean, look the the fact that he you let, see how he treats his agent in those State Farm commercials. <laughs> The fact that things went bad when he had a star quarterback in his prime is, I think, what turns people off of him. At the same time, I think there is something to be said about the fact that anytime you're with the same organization for a decade plus, the message can get old. Yes. It just can. And sometimes relationships in the building aren't working anymore, whatever, and you just need a change of scenery, both for the team, for the coach, for everybody. I don't think that means Mike McCarthy is a bad coach. I mean, means it at all. I do get why people are down on him after failing with Aaron Rodgers in his prime and being kind of. I don't of think he food. failed though. Uh, I'm a it, Super Bowl in nine playoffs. That's pretty damn good. I agree, but it didn't end well. It didn't and end well. It, things again, weren't so going well. Rodgers. Some of it was the fact that they let that offensive line just disintegrate. I think that had a lot to do with it. Um, and you can argue how much of that is on him versus the the front office, obviously, but. Yeah, I, I think this was a good hire by the Cowboys because, well, I mean, like you said, how often can you get a guy who has won a Super Bowl, who has nothing but winning experience in the NFL? Right? I mean, it's not like he slipped up and won a Super so Bowl. I need, he was very successful hire, leading up to I need that. to hire Matt Rule instead of that guy? No. And I like Matt Rule. I hope he does well. He's done great at two places he shouldn't have done great at. And 
Carolina's rolling the dice. And yeah, I know he's a Baylor, he was Baylor's coach and the guy. If you're gonna put resumes up, Matt Rule and Mike McCarthy, come on now. Yeah, this isn't. I mean, if you were getting like Marvin Lewis as a retread, then okay, then I'm yeah. maybe I want the younger guy who sure. is unproven, no question. But if I'm going with the guy who's won, and I mean one at the highest level in terms of winning, winning a Super Bowl. He's coached an Aaron Rodgers type of guy, so he has had like the biggest type of star. He knows how to handle that. Or if he didn't, maybe he learned from dealing with it the first time. Yeah, I think that's that's a pretty solid hire compared to really anything else that was out there. I think it's a really good hire. All right, Skinny, I've got an off-the-beaten-path topic for it. you. We Always haven't had it. one in a while. Uh, but this is sports-related. A guy lost his fantasy football league, and as a punishment... He was forced to do the Waffle House Challenge. Skinny, do you know what the Waffle House Challenge is? I don't know what the Waffle House Well, you're about to find out. The Waffle House Challenge consists of staying inside a Waffle House for 24 hours, but for every waffle eaten, an hour is subtracted from the sentence. The guy ended up eating 12 waffles and was inside the Waffle House for over 12 hours. My question for you is how many waffles do you think you could get down versus how many hours would you have to spend inside the Waffle House? My goodness, he only ate 12 in that time frame? Dude, 12 waffles? Yeah, that's all? That's it, though? How many could you do, honestly? 24-hour period. I think I could probably get down 18. And how how long? Whatever. Six hours? Six hours. I know. Do I have to do the scattered, smothered, and covered on top of it? No, no, just the waffles. There's no chance. Side meat? There's no chance. Side meat on top of it? No. No side meat. No side meat, just the waffles. Just the waffles. This guy sounds like a wuss. No, skinny. 18, you're out of your mind. Well, I'm not going to sit in the Waffle House for 24 hours. I'll, I'll shove them down before I sit in the Waffle House for 24, 12 hours for that matter. I mean, so basically you just ate one an hour? Yeah. Dude, you could swallow six really quickly and then kind of nurse the rest. I don't think you could. I think you're not. I don't. I, How many do you think you could do? I'm thinking. You, feel, you sound like you feel good for this. because This guy actually did pretty good, well for himself. No, I, I feel his pain, though. I think that waffles are one of those what things. What would you smell like if you came out of a Waffle House after 24 hours? Birth control and bad decisions. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Cigarette smoke and birth control. Yeah, the, the quarter musk that you can get out of the bathroom, uh, the bathroom container. Cigarette smoke and cesarean sections. <laughs> Surgeries. I was thinking more oniony smell or whatever, but yeah, maybe scattered, covered, smothered. I thought was, I thought the Waffle House Challenge should be something with hash browns. I really did. That's disappointing. I know it's Waffle House, but they're more known for the hash browns to me. I would agree with that. I rarely eat waffles at Waffle House. Same. I never do. I, it's usually eggs and a side meat and in, in the, in the hash browns. And the reason I don't is because they're too damn filling. Yeah, they're, they're big. huge, I, I, but I, and it's just all bread. It swells up on you. I think it's one of those things that after you eat like two or three, it's really hard to get down. Um, this guy did twelve. He did twelve. I think I could do. I think I could do twelve to fourteen. Okay. All yeah. Right. I think. I think I'm on par with him. Maybe a little bit more than him. Is that one of the worst fantasy football league punishments you've heard? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's really bad. I did have one of my basketball players had long, not long hair, but long enough hair, and he came to practice one day and kind of had a cut like you you do, which is very which very is a short. Good look. Yeah, which is very very short. And I said, "What happened to you?" He said, I lost a bet. I said, what bet? This is a freshman. He goes, lost my fantasy football league. I thought, you guys actually, that was the bet? He said, yeah, one of the guys had to cut my hair. I had to get it shaved all the way down. And his girlfriend just broke up with him now, too. So I thought, yeah, dude, that's Ooh, probably a bad loss for you. Yeah. That haircut didn't work out so good, my You friend. know what? That'll teach you to win your fantasy football exactly league the next right. year. Exactly right. Just losing girlfriends over Yeah, it. no doubt. That's a pretty steep price to pay in high school. I agree. I agree. I mean, 
your looks are everything in high school. No you doubt. get a zit, you're losing your mind. You're just gonna have to shave your entire head over yeah. a fantasy football game. It's pretty. It's a pretty rough one. Uh, pretty I don't rough know one. about that. Maybe I'll have to suggest to these guys next year they do the Waffle House challenge. I mean, as you know, young guys can it's eat. It's not right? bad. Um, the the other one that I think is one of the worst things I've ever heard is doing the cross country train. Like you just literally have to ride that cross country train and ride it back. Oh, see, I think I'd do that. I think that'd be a win, actually. No, that would be the worst. thing. No, yeah. I'd love that for no purpose at all. Just doing yes. punishment. No, I think wasting time like that, dude. That would be awesome. That would be the worst thing ever. Get me in that. Tell whatever league does that. Get me in that league, and I'll intentionally lose That's, it just so I can do that. No. Yeah. No. Oh come on! You wouldn't, that dude. With like no responsibility, worst. no no cares in the world. You're just sitting we on that have table watching the watching the world go by. World. I know, but wouldn't you love to do that for no. a couple of weeks? Just N- kind of sit back and watch the world go by. No. Oh man, count no, me in. Count me in. Skinny, let's do our and then we'll stop picks. At the, then we'll stop at the Waffle House and have some waffles. <laughs> We're not eating twelve of them. I can tell you that right now. You saying you could eat eighteen is just insane. Okay, that is not true. <laughs> I may mean, have to see that. That's a that's a good one. All right, should we do a waffle eating contest on this podcast? Boy, we'd be it'd be a long, it'd be a twelve hour podcast. That, that'd be a bad deal. Betting pick, skinny. What do you got for us on football? All right, football last week, my man. I was nine and three against the number. That I swept the me. UC game. I swept the Miami of Ohio game. Even though I had Miami winning outright, but they still covered. I swept the Houston Texans. I went one and one in the Tennessee game. I did go zero and two on New Orleans, and I swept Seattle. And most of all, I had Tennessee winning outright, which wins me a, tw- a case of beer from you, my friend. That's correct. Um, R.I.P. in peace to the Patriots I, dynasty. I forgot about that bet till I had it written down. I had to go back and look. So And see if I would have never have told you to go get the records together. I know that. That would have never happened. I know That's that. on me. It is. so. But I'll uh, gladly pay it. Good week for me. So I was 9-3 and three on the week. That gets me to 120. I'm back over 500, although I'm negative in the in the units. Uh, 121, 119, and one. You went a disappointing four and eight, but you're still above uh, above water at 126, 114, and one. You are now showing a minimal profit line of about .001, but you're still showing a bit of a profit line. If I was actually betting these NFL games, still that w- it would be like the worst last month of. Well, like after winning all that college football money, giving it back on these NFL games would be awful. Fortunately, I'm not betting the NFL. Yeah, all, I, so. I had a friend that was closing a very nice teaser to the Saints laying a one and a half on a teaser. Just really basically needed to win the game. That's unfortunate. That's unfortunate. No yeah, question. You hate to see it. All right. Sat- Saturday, skinny, 435 p.m. We've got the Vikings at the 49ers. 49ers are favored by seven. 44.5 is the total. I think Minnesota, having played a game and having played a game on the road, they just feel like kind of an it team right now. Frisco's good, man. They, they proved it all year long. They certainly, that last game holding on to win in Seattle um, was, was eye-opening. But for a lot of these guys, the playoffs is a new experience. I'm going to go Minnesota outright in this one, getting a second straight road win in the playoffs. I'm going to go Vikings 27-24. So Minnesota and the over. No, I think the 49ers are uh, a team of destiny, so to speak. They've won a lot of close games this year. They've proven they can win these close ones. I think they pull it out 28-20, so it's 49ers and the over. Saturday, 8-15, we've got Titans at the Ravens. Baltimore is the 9.5-point favorite in this one. The total is 46.5. Baltimore is going to score 30 on anybody, and I just don't think Tennessee keeps up. I'm going to go Baltimore. I don't, I'm not even going to do any much analysis. Baltimore 34-17. They get the easy win, easy cover, and the over. I'd like to make a case for Tennessee. I love the way Derrick Henry's playing. You know, their defense did do some good things against Brady, but honestly, down the stretch, 
what defense didn't do some good things against Brady? A fair point. I uh, I think Henry and the defense of the Titans will keep this a little bit more lower scoring than you do. So I'm going Ravens 27, Titans 17. So Just Ravens, to cover. Ravens still cover, but that hits the under right. in my world. There you go. All right, Sunday at 3.05 p.m., we've got Houston at Kansas City. The Chiefs are favored by 9.5. The total is 51. Houston's offensive line is a mess. Um, I mean, Deshaun Watson made some just ridiculous plays to get them back in that. Uh, The play he made to win it was was ridiculous. Yeah, Yeah. You're not doing it. Kansas City's going to put up too many points for you to be able to come back from that. This this this, this has got route written. I'll go Kansas City 37 to 10, so it actually stays on. Nah, I'll go over 37 15. So 30 so it goes over by a point. 37-15 Kansas City in a route. Wow. Well, I do think it goes over, but I've got it just by a point. I'm going Chiefs 31, Texans 21. So uh the Chiefs So we both have covered, Kansas City covering. Yep. Yeah, Chiefs just cover that nine and a half and it just goes over the fifty one. That takes us to Sunday night at six forty. We've got the Seahawks at Green Bay. Packers are favored by four. The total is forty seven. Um, Seattle going going away from the West. They, now this is not an Eastern Time Zone game, but they've been great in Eastern Time Zone. So it's they just have a Central been great in Eastern Time Zones. Look, they've got problems, but they just they're they're still gritty and they still have a guy who can make plays. I think this is the game of the weekend. I think it comes down to the final possession. Green Bay pulls it out by a final count of twenty seven twenty six on a Mason Ooh. Crosby forty three yard field goal at the gun. So you've got the Seahawks and the, and the over and the over. Um, you know, you're right about Seattle. I picked against them last week because they were banged up and they still find a way. They just seem to be able to keep doing that. Russell Wilson is ridiculous. I hate betting against him. Um, but I can't see them winning in green Bay, especially with as many injuries as they've been dealing with. Still, I'm going to go Packers 23 Seahawks 17 Packers and the under in that one. All right, there you go. And that takes us to Monday night. We've got the college football championship. Clemson and LSU, the Tigers, are the six-point favorites. You know what's going to happen in this game? The Tigers? The Tigers are going to win. I, I, can, I will almost make book on the Tigers winning this. 69.5 is the total. All right, I'll go Clemson 71, LSU 68. They make a late, late three-pointer from deep. Is that the right sport? Yep, you got it. Um, if you're going to give me Clemson in points when they haven't lost in two years, I got to take the points, don't I? Don't I? Or are they just are they begging me to take the points? I'm going to go Clemson, and I love LSU, but Clemson to me that Ohio State win told me a lot about them. Clemson 37-34, so Clemson and the over for me. Clemson with the outright win, taking them on the money line. Man, you got to be kidding! I thought I'd have the contrarian pick going with Clemson here. We're both going to be going with Clemson. I mean. What have they not done in the last two years, right? I'm what has Trevor Lawrence never done? I'm with you. And they're giving you points? I'm with you. That I'm, feels like we're getting suckered in so badly. You, I might as well just stamp sucker on your forehead and mine. I'm Clemson 34, LSU 28, so Clemson and the under. Um, I was going. Could to- this game get to the 50s for both, in all seriousness? Could it just get into one of those just crazy, wacky shootouts? I don't think so. I don't think so either. It's just, they're too good. They're too solid. But Both you go back to that, solid. That, that, that Alabama game, right? When Tua and, and Burrow just had gunslinger days and it was 46-41 and both good defenses and they just got shredded. That's true. That's I don't true. know. Just, I just don't see it in the I don't championship. Either. I don't either. I think they'll be too conservative for that, but I could be wrong. 
But yeah, Clemson thirty four, LSU twenty eight. So does that line Clemson does that line feel high or, or am I wrong? Doesn't it feel like it should be one and a half? Two and a half. They're giving you a six. Yeah, that seems like I'm a getting lot, suckered people, in. I know I'm getting suckered in. I know love I'm getting, LSU though. Do they? Yes, people are obsessed with LSU. But but now that you see Clemson they're back there after all the question marks this year, and they beat this Ohio State team that a lot of people, not just you and I and Ohio State fans, had anointed as maybe the best in the country. It's hard not to pick pick on them. They, that's all they do is win, Look, no matter I, what, what, what. I'm Write on, those lyrics down if you don't mind. I'm on your side. That sounds like a song. It does sound like it, DJ Khaled. <laughs> you and DJ Khaled seem like a perfect match. I, I, th- I think not. Um, yeah, no, I, I think Clemson is really good, and I'm with you. I'm on your side. I know you are. I LSU just, has the hype. I feel like I'm getting them. suckered. Why do I feel like I'm getting suckered, because Rick? Because you're, you're probably getting suckered. I... Because we're going to bet on Clemson, and LSU's going to win by 14, and we'll feel really dumb. I know. We are going to feel. We're going to watch Joe Burrow go, yeah, you know what? Whoever suggested trading that first pick for, for, for Tua is an is idiot. An idiot. <laughs> All right, moving on to college basketball. You got our records there. I do. I was 5-3 and three last week, 42-25-1 in college basketball for me, which is incredible because it's been an impossible year to bet college basketball. Yeah, no kidding. So don't do it. Uh, you were 4-4, four and four, makes you 36-31-1, so you're still showing a little bit of a profit margin there as well. All right, Friday at 7. And these are Ken Palm-generated lines, which I'll give credit, are usually pretty damn close. Yeah, they've been pretty close, although we've gotten a, there's been a little extra value if you've been betting the Ken Palm lines with us instead yeah, of the actual well, Vegas that's lines. that's all we have to go it on. It saved me, yeah. Uh, Friday, 7 p.m., NKU takes on UIC in Chicago. The Norse are two-point favorites. The total is 132. Yeah, back-to-back weekend road trips. What's, what, what's up with that, bro? Uh, trust me. It's, uh, for me, it's a lot of laundry right now, Try, just trying to get my bags packed. Uh, that sounds rough to me to go. Not easy. Go, go weekend road trip and then off weekend road trip. It doesn't, uh, ugh. ugh. Not um, great. But I think NKU now maybe knows how to handle that a little bit better than they did last week. So I think they do go on the road here, get the victory, and it stays under. I'll go Norse 70, UIC 59. I think they handle them pretty handily. Well, this one worries me because UIC is a desperate team right now. They've lost three in a row. They're at home. NKU just lost the worst team in the conference at home last week, in theory, obviously, with Detroit. Uh, This feels like an upset waiting to happen. At the same time, US, UIC is struggling for a reason, and I think NKU did figure some things out against Oakland. Guys built some confidence. Jalen Tate is still working his way back into the mix. I think he continues to improve. I think NKU does find a way to get this one done, but I think it's going to be close. NKU 70, UIC 66. So that's NKU covers, and, and it goes over. over. Okay. All right, Saturday at noon, we've got UC at Central Florida. The Bearcats are two-point favorites. The total is 134. I can't pick UC on the road. I just can't do it. I, I mean, can't either. They're 0-3 on the road. Um, uh, win would not shock me, but I, I, I just can't pick them. When you, haven't, when you haven't shown me that you can win on the road, you've got to prove it to me first. I don't think UCF's worth a damn either. I'm um, with you. i got to go UCF here. I'll go UCF 71-68. So close game, but with UCF in the over. You've got to be kidding me. What do you got? 71-68, UCF. <laughs> All right, so UCF we, did, we did that on which game? I got it down here. We did that on the uh, on the Xavier game last week. We both went 72-65 against St. John's. That what was the final? What was the real weird. final? 70... It was uh 73-65? Yeah, it wasn't quite that. It was damn close to that. It wasn't that close. It was uh, close. You sure? Close. I think it was... 
It was uh, 75-67. Okay, so that's pretty close. Pretty close, yeah. <laughs> Three points. Saturday at noon, we've got UK at Alabama. The Wildcats are favored by nine. The total is 153. I, nine on the road's a lot. I know UK's playing better, and I'm not going to pick against them to win it, but I think Beetle Bolden goes off here. I'm, I'm rooting for the Beetle Bolden. Beetle goes for 30. <laughs> no. Um, I, I, can't, I can't pick that big of a number. I'll, I'll go Kentucky 78. Nah, they're not going to score that many. 75-70. So UK wins it, and it stays under, but Bama covers the nine. I think UK is is rolling. I think they've figured some things out. If Nick Richards keeps playing the way he's playing, they smoke this Alabama team if they control the paint. So I'm going to go UK 81, Alabama wow. 70. So UK and the under. Yeah, Bama, Bama is not great defensively, I will say that. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, if, if you I dominate the, the class in that one, yeah. I'm going 81-70. I'm going, I'm going 75-70. All right. And finally, Saturday, 2 p.m., we've got Creighton at Xavier. The Musketeers are four-point favorites. The total is 142. Creighton's actually been kind of a surprise to me because I, I thought they were one of the worst in the league going in. They're tough. Um, but I think They're this tougher is good... on the road than they are. Or they're tougher at, at home, home than they yeah, are no on the question. road. Yeah, and I think this is going to be a desperate Xavier team and play in a desperate mode. I think Xavier gets a very comfortable win here. Um, I'll go x 76 Creighton 66. So Xavier by 10. And, oh, that's right on the number. I'll go 76 65. Xavier by 11, and it barely stays under by a point. I think Xavier is going to win this because I do think they need the win. They're going to play well uh, at home. However, I think it's going to be a close game. I think Xavier 69, Creighton 66. So that's Ooh. Creighton and the under. Wow. But Xavier wins it outright. Correct. All right, there we go. All right, uh, after we chat out on some waffles, we'll be back uh, in another week. We'll see how many we can get you down in that week. Eat eighteen waffles. Twenty-four skinny. hours? Not in twenty-four hours. Not in not in six hours. You Just could pace yourself one one an hour. One an hour. Sip a little bit of water. Nope. Walk out after eighteen hours. You're That's good. not how that works. After two hours, you'd be done. Yeah, but after twelve hours, I'd actually be done because I'd have chopped. If I do one an hour for twelve hours, I chop twelve hours off, and then I can walk out. Nope. Damn, I'll have to think about this. Wouldn't work. We'll have to come up with another eating contest next week, figure it out. All right. And a case of beer. I'm in. All right, good deal. What beer do you want? Um, We'll go Heineken again. All right. I hate to do it to you. Heineken it is. You're a good man. All right, uh, appreciate you being with us. For Rick Roy, I'm Richard Skinner. This has been the Skinny Podcast, the weekly potpourri edition.